Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Alright, now I'm really in a bad mood. <laughs> I tried I tried the theme, you know, bye week. I got you. I got you. It, it was a fail. I get it. Yeah. You can, you can take these guys off now. We're rockers here on Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. So, all right, okay, welcome back, everyone. Hour number two, the 11 o'clock hour. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you to all the veterans who served and served our country and uh, made us safer, better, and we really appreciate you out there. Great job by Greg Hill's show today. They had that uh, lunch with a veteran at the 110 Grill. Really cool opportunity. So, uh, many veterans out there, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we are talking about... The half-glass-full situation of your Boston Bruins and a couple texts coming in at 37937. There's some optimism out there, Joe, about the Bruins, and there should be, and uh, about the Celtics. And also the half-glass-empty side, which has been the slog of the first nine weeks of the season. Now, the Patriots sit at 5-4. and four. They're over 500. You know, they're in the mix. They're in the mix in terms of wins and losses and standing in the division, although they're in last place, but they win in record, but in standing in the conference in terms of the playoffs, but not feeling it, man. You can't do it on defense alone, and it gets harder and harder as the season goes on, you know, and uh, that offense just isn't clicking. So, you know, I put the preponderance of the issues on Belichick, Patricia, Judge, the fledgling protection on the offensive line, the convoluted communication. However, you know, Mac ain't doing it on the field either. Now, you, 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 you can't make chicken soup out of you-know-what. We all know that. Chicken you-know-what, I should rather say. But I'm worried about Mac Jones in a bigger picture. Like, what is this season going to do to him? Can he rebound? You know, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks. It's, it's easy to kind of throw shade at some of the names I'm going to throw out there, okay, um, that I cited in my article. There's, oh, that guy's a bomb. That guy's a bust. That guy, well, you know, once upon a time, they were pretty highly regarded quarterbacks. You know, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was a talented quarterback in college. He's got a good arm. He had all the right, right stuff, but he had the unfortunate uh, draft position of being taken by the Jets. Now, this isn't the Jets that you know right now. We're pretty good. Now, the Patriots took it to him in New York. I think really Zach Wilson probably lost that game for them, you know, and, and chalk it up in the win column. But... You know, the Jets are an improving organization, but when they took Sam Darnold, they weren't. They were at, they've were they had lots of all-time lows, but they were in the midst of an all-time low. 
They ruined that kid. Baker Mayfield, number one pick, you know, for the Browns. Made the playoffs, looked pretty good. Had some, you know, had some mojo out there. Now, I know he's hurt, but, you know, it didn't go well for him in Cleveland last year, and they replaced him for a reason. You know, they, well, they went and got Deshaun Watson, for heaven's sakes, for a reason. So he's another one. I'll go back a little further. How about David Carr? David Carr, you know, very much heralded quarterback coming out of college. He was garbage in the NFL. It didn't get, you know, he was at Houston, the Giants, with organizations when they weren't, you know, doing so well. You know, you have to have the structure in order to be successful. Mutt cited Josh Rosen earlier. A caller in Mutt's show, as I heard coming in, cited Ryan Tannehill. That's a great one. Tannehill was a talented guy in Miami. He was just on his keister all the time. You know what I mean? They couldn't get anything going. He got to a good football team in Tennessee with a good you know, structure and good organization. He's been a little bit, a little bit better. Now he's lost his job again. But he had a couple of years there where he was doing okay. The point of what I'm trying to say is if you do not surround your people, particularly a quarterback, with an environment where they could be nurtured and grow and get good advice, someone to talk to, someone to talk them through things, it's going to go the wrong way. And Mac is in a pretty precarious place right now. He's been in his head quite a bit on the field. It's been evident for me to see. I'm sure you see it too. Um, and he's got a couple weeks to think about it before his next game. Now, there's an opportunity, as I wrote in my column today on WEI.com, for him to reset. But there's also a, a danger here with this much of a layoff, which is for him to think too much. And that is a very dangerous path for Mac Jones because he is not reacting on the field as much as he's thinking. He is not getting rid of the ball quickly enough, which tells me he's thinking too much. And it doesn't look like he's seeing the field as well. So does this stuff sound, kind of sound familiar, guys? Does this sound familiar in terms of what you've heard and seen from a guy like Sam Darnold, who everyone loves to laugh at? He was pretty good coming out of college, too. You know, Mac has another strike against him, too, which is before this year, before this offseason and training camp and preseason, all the different things they were trying with the zone blocking scheme for you know the run game and trying to get the ball down the field and the 50-50 balls with Devontae Parker and all this stuff that's made Mac not only wildly efficient but inaccurate and an interception machine. But dial it back even further. Dial it back. Dial it back way, way before then. After the seven-game winning streak, I was in here on a Saturday with Nick Fitzy-Stevens, if there was a keg in here, we would have tapped it. We, were, we couldn't wait. We were like the pre-pregame show for the Pats-Colts on the Saturday night, and the Colts ran it down their throat, and they were never the same. They had a good win against Jacksonville. I think they snuck another one in there. In there. But at the end of last year, the point is, if you just take one game out of that seven-game winning streak before that, they don't make the playoffs. Mack wasn't playing well then. and Then you blew it all up. At least at that point, he could sit and he could have a confidant with Josh McDaniels. Now, you can laugh at Josh McDaniels all you want for what's happening with the Raiders right now. The guy is a great, great, capital, great offensive coordinator. And he was great here. Which and, is why it surprised me so many people were like, oh, I don't like Josh McDaniels. Good thing he's going to Vegas. Like, put Mac Jones in that situation without McDaniels last season. Yeah. I think they they crumble. Absolutely. I said to a caller last week, he was, he was saying, oh, you guys were all saying – you know, uh, you didn't like his play calling. I just got on the microphone in this role a few months ago, a few weeks ago, so it wasn't me. I, but, but 
I've been saying for a long time, I said it to Barrett and Dondero. I was in here one time with them. I think Josh McDaniel is one of the three best offensive coordinators, if not the best I've ever seen in my lifetime, period, hard stop. Um, and what the problem is with being an offensive coordinator, and I'm doing it by dumping all over Matt Patricia, although he's not doing a good job. But the problem with an offensive coordinator position is it's built into the equation for fans to complain. That's part of the equation. It's like what Bruce Springsteen says about your hometown. You know, you love your hometown and you hate your hometown in some ways. It's built into the equation. It's built into the equation for a fan to pick on an offensive coordinator, as I am right now. But it is out of whack, folks. It is. It's convoluted in terms of communication. It doesn't have any flow. It ain't working. The problem is... It's week 10. You're on the bye. This is basically the window you have to fix it. You're not going to pull the plug on Matt Patricia. Here's the thing. If Matt Patricia wasn't so close to Bill Belichick, they might actually pull the plug on him. You've already seen Frank Reich get fired in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? I can't believe Hackett in Denver is still uh, alive. I mean, that's, that, 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 that's, I thought he'd be gone three weeks ago. But, you know, you're not... It's basically like nepotism with Patricia and Judge. They're not going to get rid of Matt Patricia. You are stuck with this. So who's it on? Who's it on? Is he suddenly going to have a magic wand or a watershed moment where it all comes clear? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's what Tommy Curran uh, also emphasizes, that there's no good secondary or third option no. if you don't want Patricia. You go to Judge. He's not that good at play calling. Mm. Then you have Belichick. We already talked about it so much on his plate. So it's not like there's an alternate that is good. There is one guy. There is one guy. And I looked at, I'll give a shout out to one of the texters from Mutt Show. I was looking at the text earlier. I remember Andy Hart talking as far back as July when they hadn't declared an offensive coordinator yet. And they really still haven't. Matt Patricia is the play caller. You know what I mean? Because Belichick throws titles around like, uh, like manhole covers. But um, Andy Hart had mentioned a guy named Nick Cayley. Now, Nick Cayley was an understudy of Josh. He worked with the tight ends. You know, I mean, he's there. You wonder, you wonder if if he's got it. But where you are right now, what you're seeing with Mac Jones, isn't it worth a shot? Isn't Nick Haley worth a shot? Heck, Frank Reich comes from a completely different organization. He's worth a shot. Now, that might be an off-season play. But why not just, why not take this time and say, you know what, Nick, we're going to give you a shot. Why not? What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? The person who's got the most to lose right now, and unfortunately, the least to gain is Mac Jones. He's in a bad spot, and I'm wondering about him right now. I'm wondering, how do you reset, Mac Jones? How do you reset your season? Not the season. can't reset the season, but you can reset your season. If I'm him... My process is really studying the film in the in the seven game winning streak from last year and just trying to pick up those traits again, try to get the bounce back. Maybe it's working out more in the gym and just you know snapping the ball, throw three hundred balls. You know what I mean? Whatever, it, whatever it is, go hit golf balls, go to a movie. I don't know what it is, but he's got to get out of his own head somehow. Yeah, it was funny. All the players talking this week, they were like, "Oh, it's perfect that the bye week is now because it's like not just the middle part of the season, but it's just like they're all." glowing at the mental reset and yeah. i think for mac jones no one needs the mental reset more than him so if he like comes back and he's looking like 2021 mac jones when they play the jets next sunday then you know the conversations can start to dwell just a tiny bit here's the problem i don't expect that i wish i did 
I wish I did. Now I'm getting into, into half glass empty, empty town. And by the way, if you look at the text line, there's a lot more people looking to talk Pats than they are Celtics of Bruins. A couple of Bruins and Celtics guys out there, which appreciate that. Three seven ninety three seven. Hey, call in. You know, if you're sitting at the harp after the game and you're driving home, I hope you're not driving, but you're in a car and someone else is driving, you're taking an Uber, call in, 617-779-7937. I'll turn it. I'll turn the page and talk Celtics and Bruins all night. But from what we're getting from the public, it's like people kind of want to vent on the Patriots, and I get it. And it's uh, as, as tiresome a topic as it can be. It's also tireless because it just it, – it, right now we're in this bye week, so you just gotta, we keep thinking. We keep thinking. I hope Mac Jones isn't thinking. He's thought enough. You can see it all over his eyes. If that defense doesn't play the way they played last week against Indy, that game could have ended up 3-3, three to three. honestly. You know what I mean? Or 3 nothing with the Patriots on the losing side of it. That offense did nothing. They were gifted, gifted a touchdown with the block punt. And the defense and special teams did its job all day long. That's how you got to 26 points. That Nick Folk. Take a quick break. More Patriots. Some Red Sox offseason if you want to weigh in there. That's got me fired up as well. I'm, I am not confident about that. I am confident, however. Feeling half glass full about the Celtics and the Bruins. Where are you at? 617-779-7937. Back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I was eight years old and running with diamond mine. Ah, you've redeemed yourself, Joe. Well done. Well played. Yeah, what a song. Hey, you brought it, huh? Yep. 93.7 Classic Rock. That's Bruce Springsteen with my hometown off of Born in the USA. All right, late night, Friday night with Jim Hackett here at WEEI. And the reason I brought up Bruce in my hometown is talking about, of uh, many things, how, you know, it's built into the equation for fans to always pick on an offensive coordinator. I mean, when people were just bad-mouthing at certain times, certain play calls here or there, Josh McDaniels, oh, he's, he's being too creative, he's too this, too that. Well, how are you feeling now? <laughs> Don't know what you got till it's gone. I with Matt Patricia. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the aptitude. He most certainly doesn't have the experience on that side of the ball. And this has been well played. But, you know, it's built into the equation for us to kind of pick on the offensive coordinators. But I don't think that logic applies with Matt Patricia. This just It just isn't happening, man. It's too convoluted with the communication, the scheme changes. And they're still, still, still trying to find it. And Joe was you know citing a conversation that Tom Curran who no one's more wired in than him, 
with uh, Merloni, Fourier, and Mego earlier in the week. And it's like, you know, it's like they're still in training camp. They're still in August trying to figure it out, and, and you can't be doing that. Now, they got a little lucky. You know, the defense and special teams has kept them in some games. They're five and four. You're at the bye week. And this is the time they need to reset. But the man who needs to reset the most is Mac Jones because I'm worried. I'm worried about, you know, the first-round draft capital in him. Um, I'm worried about the serious regression. Hit some of the statistics uh, in the first hour, not all of them. You know, how about his quarterback rating in 2021? 91.6. Pretty darn good. Want to take a guess where he is now, Joe? 56.9. You didn't let me guess. I was going to say, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say like 60 or 70. 56.9. I am not reading that incorrectly. I mean, that is a significant drop. And, you know, it's not surprising. The numbers are not surprising based on what our eyes have told us. What, what my eyes are telling me is that he has a crisis of confidence. And the only way you can get over that is to just reset and start over. I don't know what process he has to go through. He seems like a man, a young man of process. He's got like his buckets philosophy. He's got like a lot of different ways that he goes about talking about different things and stuff. But look at if it works for you, great. Here's the problem. Ain't working right now. And again, not his fault. You know, he didn't start the fire as Billy Joel once said, but he's in the middle of the blaze. And I'm not saying this 2022 Patriots seems going anywhere. I'd like, Patriots football to be meaningful in November and December. They sneak in great. It ain't going to last long, no matter what happens. I don't care if they rip off a winning streak. It ain't going to last long. I think that's why the offseason for this upcoming season is so huge. Because like usually the third year for like young quarterbacks is like that's the judgment uh, sort of thing. Yeah. And if you give Mac the pieces like to help him succeed, then I think his confidence will grow. Because he was with Josh, who's a good coordinator, as yep. we said. Yep. But you give him like a legitimate number one or number two, you give him a good offensive line, I think that's huge for him and his improvement. Yeah, it is. And for me, in terms of where Josh is now, I mean, sorry, where where Mac is now, um, I'm concerned about the future, you know, because with quarterbacks, it can be very fleeting. Success can be fleeting and and a crisis of confidence and poor play and losing your way isn't as fleeting. That can be long-lasting. And my own personal favorite quarterback ever, Steve Grogan. Look at, we always look back with rose-colored glasses. Everything It wasn't always rosy for Grogs, okay? He was a mobile quarterback who took a lot of deep shots when he was at his best physically in the mid to late 70s. Made a lot of mistakes then. Then when the legs started to go, you know, the experience, the mind hadn't quite evolved yet, and he, the mistakes kept happening. So now he didn't have the legs, and he was making the mistakes, and he lost his job for a long time. And he lost it before they even took the number one pick in 84 with, 83 with Tony Easton. He lost it before then. Um, and then he came back, and he became more heroic, and in the, in the mind and everything started to come together. But it takes guys a long time when they get off track. And in my article on WEI.com, it's time for Mac to get a reset during the bye week. I cited some old. I cited some newer guys and some older guys. One of the older guys, the guy who, who Grogan took the job from, is Jim Plunkett. All right, this is before your time, Jim, uh, Joe. But and, and to all you guys out there, some guys probably remember. Him. I got some calls lined up as soon as I said Plunkett, so I know I, I know some people have some gray hair are listening. But Plunkett had about ten bad years. His first rookie year with the Patriots, he was under duress. That predates me. I was a little kid, but I remember you know watching the film of it. Um, 
you know, looking at the football cards and you watch the videos on NFL films, he was under duress like you wouldn't believe, okay? Grogan took his job. He went to San Francisco. He petered out there. It was terrible. It was literally 10 years into his career, redemption with the Raiders, and he won a couple Super Bowls, you know? Um, and that guy was a number one pick out of, Sta- out of Stanford, you know, a very talented guy. Um, we mentioned Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, David Carr. I posted this up on social media earlier on my Facebook page, and, and one of my friends said, how about Geno Smith? That's a great example. Geno Smith. Geno Smith looked like he didn't belong in the league when he was with the Jets. And I used to host the Fantasy Football Hour with Pete Davidson here for nine years. And Pete's a Jets guy, okay? So if you didn't know, I, I, I never get to look at Pete when we were broadcasting the show. He was on this machine in New York. And uh, it was kind of fun because the eight years that we did that, the Jets were pathetic. So it, it kind of brought the best in humor out of Pete. It made me happy because I hate the Jets and I love the Pats. And so it was kind of a good dynamic. But he used to always tell me, he's like, you know, Geno's not that bad of a quarterback. Geno's pretty good. It's the Jets are the problem. And this is what worries me. Because now, look, Geno's not great, but he's having a, a damn good year. I mean, he could be comeback player of the year for, the, for Seattle. And Seattle, all of a sudden, is playing really well. Go, guess what? They got a quarterback who's playing really well. And that rising tide lifts all ships, right? It's the exact opposite here. In the, in the theme of this is that a guy like Darnold, Carr, Tannehill, before he got to the Titans and lost his job with, with the Dolphins when they were fledgling, um, Geno Smith, Plunkett years ago. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of examples. Talented guys. Christian Ponder was, was, is a guy. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a million of them. You can call in 617-779-7937. Go down memory lane if you like. The reason I'm bringing this up and putting this in the half glass, glass empty bucket is I'm worried about Mac Jones. And you should be too. And the Patriots should be worried about him because they, they invested first-round draft capital in him. That could have been Micah Parsons. Had they moved up a couple slots, it could have been Justin Fields, you know? First-round draft capital, and it looked pretty good last year. But the regression is big. 91.6 quarterback rating in 2021, 56.9 in 2022. Now, again, a lot of this isn't his fault. But what happens to him? What happens to him? You think the Jets aren't going to come after him? I think the Jets are going to come after him pretty good after the bye week. Let's take Mike and Newton, see what Mike and Newton has to say about the Patriots. We'll, we'll get him and a couple other callers lined up. What is going to happen to Mac Jones? Not only after the bye week, as the season goes on. How about in the future? Success with quarterbacks is fleeting, damaged quarterbacks. That can last a long, long, long time. I hope it's not the case with Mac. Let's see what Mike and Newton thinks. Good evening, Mike. Jim, yeah, I was going to say, like, the thing with Mac Jones is um, I, I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. Yeah. Uh, he has been completely mismanaged this year, um, and it all comes down to Belichick. Yep. It really does. Like, like the Patriots' offensive line, all, their line right now is absolutely in shambles. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? It, it really is. I mean, we, we thought Isaiah Wynn, you know, a first-round draft pick, you know, or they moved him from uh, the left over to the right tackle. Um, Got him a guard now, out. right? They have so, a, I don't know. They have I, a guard now, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know when uh, Anders is coming back, and he was probably the most solid guy on the line, and he's the center, yep. which is the most important. Yep. Um, and then on the left side, I don't know. I mean, like, and then 
you know, Marcus Cannon's injured. <laughs> the fact that we've been talking about Marcus Cannon is just so pathetic. I know that like, well, I mean, like, sorry. So Mac Jones, like, I, I don't care. You know, anyone can say, you know, he's this, he's that, he's whatever. Um, I don't think he's a particularly great quarterback and I don't think he will be, but at least give the guy a shot in like, Belichick is totally blown it, completely yeah. blown it, with Matt Patricia as the. I, I, what is he? He was, he was hired as like a consultant. I forget the exact term. Yeah, he was a he was an I mean, offensive. I, I think he was like a coaching like uh, consultant or like you know he was like an fo- offensive consultant yeah. of some sort. Yeah, which is like like since all right, does anyone in the world know of Matt? Patricia being known to do have any like credibility on the offense. Cause I will submit on the defensive side of the ball. He totally sucked. He was the worst defensive coordinator we've ever had. Let me say something, uh, Mike. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Uh, other I, than maybe Rod Rust, but that isn't saying much. <laughs> Rod Rust was actually good for a period of time, but but I but, think <laughs> actually he's better. He's well, he's better than Patricia. Totally. Anyone's better than Patricia. Listen, well, go on because please tell me because I, I just want to say one more final sure. thing about Patricia because he is just terrible. And I'd also like to go through the schedule uh, if you don't mind, Jim, uh, and see who you know who we think is going to win and lose. Because I'm telling you right now, I think the Pats are two and six or. They may even go zero and eight the rest of the way. Let's put a pin in that one. Stay with me for a minute. I want to say something about Patri- right. about Patricia. So, you know, do you re- what a difference? So, okay, I've never been a fan. I wasn't a fan of him on defense. He was he was at the helm of the defense when it was that that much ballyhooed Ben don't break defense, and I found it really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, ben, ben don't, don't break, break, Ben don't break, and then they Which get this most often broke. Yeah, they get to they get the Super Bowl fifty two. And uh, boy, it, bro- it bent and it broke, didn't it? Against against the against the Eagles. So that's number one. Brady but, throws for over five hundred yards and loses. Yeah, five hundred five yards and three touchdowns. So, but here's the thing. Yeah. So about, and no about, and no interceptions. But the thing I always go back he to even is, Brady didn't even, Brady went three touchdowns, no interception, five hundred yards. But Matt Patricia finds a way to break that. I know. And here's the thing I want to say is that. I was always frustrated with their defense and that Ben don't break thing. Okay, so then finally, you know, Patricia goes, he he throws a smoke screen in his interview process to the Detroit Lions. They hire him away. Thank you very much. One year later, one season later, Brian Flores takes over. It's the same defense. In fact, that guy. I'm telling you right now, the Pats should have. As soon as the as soon as Miami fired him, which was absolutely. Just yeah. like yep. a, a travesty of should It should have grabbed him. He was fired at eight oh five. Yep. He, I, I would have. I, I would have fired Belichick and hired him as the head coach. Yep. He was fired at eight oh five in the morning. I sent a text mm-hmm. out. I sent a tweet out uh, mm-hmm. at eight oh six. They should hire Brian Flores back right now. He to me of Absolutely. all he and Dayball were the two that were the guys with the credibility to be. To be the successor, successors to Belichick, and yeah. they blew it on that one. But what I was going to say, Mike, is this: yeah. is that Patricia had that Ben don't break thing going for a long time, and then one. I, guess. Once, I mean, I, I think I heard people that like I don't know if that was his or like I, I think it was just break and break is more <laughs> like it. Like, but here's the point. Here's the point. And thanks, <clears throat> thanks, thanks for the call, Mike. Here's the point: is that Patricia had the Ben don't break thing. Flores came in one season later with the same guys, Jamie Collins, 
Dante Hightower, both with more miles on them at that point. And they were blitz-happy and successful and aggressive. And they won the Super Bowl that way. You know? They were blitz-happy and aggressive. And they lost that again. So I was never thrilled with Matt Patricia when he was here as a defensive coordinator, to be honest with you. Now on offense? I don't know. Let's see what Phil. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah, I would give that to Malcolm Butler. And you know, what about that quote before we take another call? Man, I mean, you know, I just had this conversation with someone before I came on, which is if you get defensive in an argument, you've lost the argument. You know, and in that press conference, for him to cite that, could go in his own personal dead horse Rolodex and then take credit for it. Come on. I'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process, okay? Hey, you need to respect yourself, Matt, okay? I, I got enough respect. Don't worry about my respect level. Worry about your own respect level. How about respecting what's your, your quarterback and putting him in a position to succeed? But that comment about Malcolm, how about you give Malcolm Butler a little credit? Or Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner was the one on the field who saw it. He kind of tugged on on Malcolm Butler's shoulder. That's good coaching. And, and I think he jammed the receiver right and allowed yeah. Butler to yeah. go through. Yeah, no, look, that's good preparation and stuff. But I'm thinking maybe that's more Belichick than Patricia. Call me crazy. Let's see what Phil in New Bedford thinks. Good evening, Phil. Hey, good evening, my friend. First of all, first and foremost, gratitude and appreciation to the vets and their Gold Star families. Yeah, Today, boy. a ceremony I was at down in Fall River, the focus was Gold Star families and, um, my I my relatives go back to World War One wow. as veterans and so but um in regard to Patricia, um he proved in Detroit he's not capable. Yep. He's definitely still not ready. And if Bill was only the coach and not the GM, he'd be out of here at the end of the year. Yeah. No, it's but it's I, basically it's basically a form of nepotism. It really is. It's 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 his insurance policy. Bill's his insurance policy yeah. as the GM. It's not Bill the coach. Yeah, and I think they only got two more wins in this year: Arizona and uh, and the Rams. I mean, uh, Raiders. No, that's right. We cut Mike off before we get to the schedule, but I will hit that after the break. We'll hit the schedule and kind of walk through. It. Now, we I did this a few weeks ago uh, with Justin Turbin, who is who is in producing, and you know uh, the Patriots are looking. Thanks for the call there. Um, uh, appreciate that. He's called a couple times from from New Bedford. Appreciate his call and his thoughts on the veterans. Very much appreciated. But we went through it, and you know. The half-glass full side, you look at, like, the Thanksgiving game, and it's like, well, all right, well, it's against Minnesota. Minnesota's a good team, but it's Kirk Cousins in prime time, and he always does lousy. Maybe that's winnable, you know? And at that time, a few weeks ago, Arizona was winning games when Kyler Murray was pulling it out of his patoot in the end, but the team wasn't looking all that good. And, and you know, the, the, the coach there, he doesn't scare me too much, so maybe that's winnable. And at that time, Cincinnati wasn't playing well. It didn't look as scary. But back to Mike and Newton, he wants to kind of go through that schedule. Like Minnesota, looking scary. Cincinnati, getting better. You know? Um, I think the only two winnable games I'm just looking at right now that like have a clear shot of winning. The Raiders. The Raiders, and then maybe the Jets. You know, just just going off of what they did a few weeks ago. But not, even not that is certain. You got to th- think, just because, you know, as, as lousily as the Patriots play in Miami... Miami plays equally as poorly when they come here, particularly where the weather's cold. That might be one of those where the weather helps you out kind of wins. So I'm thinking I'm thinking the Jets, the Raiders, and Miami. And at the beginning of the year I predicted them to be somewhere between eight and nine and nine and eight. And that would get you to eight. You know, and that's that's what they are. This is what five hundred teams are, guys. I hate to go 
all glass half empty here, but this is what 500 teams do, okay? They light it up sometimes, and then they lose to the Bears on Monday Night Football, and one of the most horrific, confusing, perform- horrific performances on the field, horrific performances from Belichick, even more horrific afterwards. This is what 500 teams do. And then sometimes you look at the score, and you go, 26-3, they must have played pretty well. No, they played lousily again. They played lousy against the Colts on Sunday. Lousy. The defense was good. Special I, think, teams I think what's funny is that most blowouts are fun, but the blowouts like against Detroit and then against Indy, you're just kind of like, eh, because yeah. they didn't really do much on offense. That's really, that's really the pulse, isn't it? That's why I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm grabbing for someone to call six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Someone talked Bruins to me in Celtics. Look at they're thirteen and one at the Garden. They're twenty one and five overall. It ain't so bad. But we keep getting sucked in. I keep getting sucked in by Belichick and Patricia and Judge and Isaiah Wynn. and you know and I'll, I'll go into my own dead horse Rolodex. I'll I'll pull out all the dead names. They're killing me. And don't even get me started on High and Bloom in the Red Sox offseason. I want to be positive. Someone, please, pretty please, with sugar on top, call about the Bruins or the Celtics, okay? And if you do call about the Bruins, don't bring up Mitchell Miller, because then I'll snap. More after this. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I want to ask you, do you think it's fair to say that the volume of negative plays on offense is too high the last couple weeks? And and if and if you do think that's fair, like what, what how do you turn that thing around? Um, you know, that's something I think every single week you look at um, negative plays versus, um, you know, explosive plays or positive plays and kind of what's the balance. Maybe what are the plays that are creating those negative plays and uh, what's the situation maybe that they were in, you know, and do you need to adjust maybe things that you're doing in those situations or, you know, how did the defense maybe present that um, something maybe you didn't anticipate. Um, we're always trying to prevent those plays. Those are, uh, you know, things that make it more difficult as an offense to, you know, um, keep a drive alive and keep things moving and progress as you work on the field. And, um, you know, when you always want to try to stay on track the best you can, certainly, um, you know, those guys on the other side of the ball, they work hard too. They can make plays and, and they got great players and we've seen some really good um, defenses the last in, uh, couple weeks, some really good fronts, and those guys have made plays. And, um, you know, for us. Oh, my Lord. That, that is the man who did start the fire. Mac Jones didn't start the fire, but boy, boy, did Matt Patricia start the fire. What a bunch of bumbling psychobabble that is. And the more he talks, the more confused I get. I, I'm, I'm, I, am I even in the, on the radio right now? What was that? He could have put me to sleep. 
What are we doing? That's the guy calling your place. What is Bill Belichick doing putting that guy in that seat? You know, Mike and Newton, who called before the break, and he had some good points. We didn't get to break down the schedule with him, and he was kind of excited to do it. Mike's been calling every week. He did uh, text us at 37937, and he threw out some really interesting stuff. You know, um, one of the things that he wrote on the text line uh, that was great is, you know, he said, Please mention that Mac Jones called, I won't tell you what he called Matt Patricia, but he called Patricia a leader of men. And it's like, when you hear him talking like that, I, I, I was reading that text on the text line, and then you hear him talk like that. Leaders don't talk like that. Leaders are succinct. Leaders get to the point, and they stick their stake in the ground, and they tell you what time it is. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't leadership. And Mike and Newton brought up another good point on uh, the three seven ninety three seven text line. Which was, you know, that shows me that they're intimidating him. Interesting point. Interesting point. You know, Kendrick Bourne got himself in the doghouse by talking back a little bit or, or daring to question at the feet of the emperor. And we all know Mac did back in training camp and in preseason. And, you know, I gave you the stats a few weeks ago, guys, if you were listening. 48.5% of the time the Patriots were in max, protect, max protect, protection when Bailey Zappi was out there. They did it less than 18% when Mac was in there the first three games before he got hurt. You know, they did play action 31.6% of the time when Bailey Zappi was in there for the two games and three quarters he played. They did it 10.8% of the time Mac was in there. Belichick's a pretty petty guy. And birds of a feather flock together. Would it surprise you if Mac Jones questioning the emperor or the emperor's doofus flunky, Matt, Matt Patricia, would it surprise you if they put him in a kind of an emotional doghouse? He's like the right-hand man in uh, Emperor's New Groove, Kronk, uh, <laughs> I think is his name. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all coming together. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, seriously. But, I mean, when I hear, the more I hear this guy talk, the more concerned I get. And the most concerned I am is about Mac Jones. What is going, what are they, do, what are they doing to this kid? You know what I mean? And, you know, Mike and Newton and, and others that called in, I've been talking about the schedule. I brought it up a couple weeks ago. I brought it up thinking kind of positively that it wasn't as scary as it once looked because the AFC was so wide open. I think I came in a few weeks ago, and there were six teams over 500 in the AFC. So like maybe, maybe if they can stitch it together. But now the Patriots have one of eight teams over 500, and they're five and four. They finally got up and over. They've won four or five. It just doesn't feel like it, does it? It doesn't. It's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it is. I don't think so. I will tell you before we wrap up the show at midnight, you know, where it is coming together. And you know, I was pretty pissed off last Friday night about the Bruins and the Mitchell Miller thing. I want, I want to park that. I'm not over it. I'll never be over it, but I'm not going to talk about it. But I do want to talk about their style of play. Yeah, can we talk like the glass half full? I feel like we've been focusing more on the half empty I got sucked in. I got sucked in, but I'm, I'm going I'm to end with glass half full. So, And uh, shout out to the texter at 978. He said, I'm glass half full. And he got exclamation points. So good for you, 978. But anyway. What I want to say is while the, whilst the Patriots are so boring to watch, the Boston Bruins, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you something, Joe. I'm a little older than you, okay? I've been watching the Bruins since the late 70s. This is the most exciting I've ever seen them play in my lifetime. Hard stop, period, hard stop. What a great style of play they are, they are playing. They are a blast to watch. I took one game off after the Mitch Miller thing. I just couldn't watch him. I couldn't stomach it. But I watched the other night. And, uh, man, they are high-flying. You know what style it reminds me of? It reminds me of Olympic hockey. It reminds me of Olympic hockey. And it's a blast to watch. And they're getting scoring from all, all their lines and all throughout their lines. It's happening from left wing to center to right wing. 
three three lines deep. They're getting it everywhere. And the one thing I want to leave everyone with in talking about the Bruins quickly is you can win with this style, but it requires one thing for sure. It doesn't require good goaltending or solid goaltending or very good goaltending or great goaltending. It requires exceptional stand-on-your-head Ken Dryden, Patrick Waugh goaltending. Because if your defensemen, and how about Hampus Lindholm? He looks, he looks great. If your defensemen are going to be pushing the puck up the ice that much, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable. Now, they're getting a little bit more defensive mind, and I think they'll tighten some of that up. But they're pretty freewheeling freestyle right now. Especially with McAvoy back in the lineup. Yes. But if you play that style over the course of seven months, eight months, whatever it is, then you get into that grind of the playoffs, you're going to be relying on your goaltender. And he needs to be beyond great. Now, which brings me to the second part of the story, Linus Allmark has been great. <laughs> like, I thought he was kind of mediocre. Is he that stand-on-your-head goalie, though? I don't know. He is right now. Um, he is right now. He is of late. I hope he is. You know, maybe they got to him a little bit. Uh, you know, and, and maybe he's finding himself, or maybe he's playing with uber confidence, whatever it is. Maybe. Maybe. I thought Swayman last year was going to take that job, and then Allmark kind of pushed him out a little bit, and he's held on to it. So sometimes you just need that shot. You need that bite at the apple. So, while the Patriots are really trying to pull you down into Boringville, and the Red Sox, I don't know, if they've got me all half empty. The Bruins and the Celtics should have you half full. And that's what I tried to accomplish tonight, but I'll leave you with that. Yeah, as we start to check it out, as before I say na-na-na goodbye, feel good about what's happening at the TD Garden. The Bruins and the Celtics are 21-5, and and when you go to the Garden, folks, you're probably going to see a win. They're 13-1 and over on Causeway Street. And that, my friends, is the glass being half full. We'll see you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.